Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Turn with me, church, today to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you will. We're in our wisdom series, session 11. Started this back in January. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, while you're turning there. I'll remind you that next Sunday, Father's Day, Pastor Jeremiah will be bringing our message. I'll be here. I can't wait to hear it. You'll want to be uh, here next, day, next Sunday, Father's Day. Bring somebody with you. And uh, we're, we're going to have a great day in the Lord next Sunday. Well, today we continue our series on the Wisdom Clinic, finding out from the Word of God what God says is wisdom about circumstances and situations in our lives. You know, I pray for you every day as I pray for Dina and me that the Lord would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of our heart will be open, that we would truly come to know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in us, and what are the exceeding greatness of His power toward those of us who believe, which He brought about when He raised Jesus from the dead and seated Him far above all principality and power and world forces of this darkness. And every name that is named and given him, the name that is above every name and all authority in heaven and earth, and gave that authority to the church, which is his body. Thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Today we look at a second part of the wisest investment you can make that has to do with the tangible expression of your love to the Lord, and uh, that is your resources. Just to review last week, and by the way, if you weren't able to join us, please, please go online and begin to study these passages about honoring the Lord with our resources. Here are some of the things we found out in 1 Corinthians chapter 29, 11 to 13. Everything in heaven and earth are yours, O Lord. Do you know that by divine creative right, every resource that you have belongs to the Lord? We looked at Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 where it says, honor the Lord with your possessions. Pastor, how in the world would you honor the Lord who is spirit? How would you honor him with your something as material and visible and tangible as your possessions? You recognize where that gift comes from. James says it like this, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light. Recognize, have you done that lately? Have you honored the Lord with that house you live in? Have you told him thank you, I recognize it's a gift from you? Have you honored the Lord with the vehicles and transportation that you have? Have you looked around the facility, the, the, the furnishings of your home? And just giving the Lord thanks that you have a place to lie down at night. That you have, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your income, your inheritance. The first fruit, the top portion. God, I recognize that it's all yours, but I also recognize that you have asked me to return a tenth of it to you. Leviticus 27:30. the tithe is holy. 
As we said last week, there, there has been no relinquishing of that word about the tithe. In fact, those who would say that the tithe is just Old Testament and it doesn't, it doesn't affect today, can I remind you that your spiritual father is Abraham. In Christ Jesus, you are connected to the blessing of Abraham, Genesis 12. Did you know that 430 years before the Mosaic law about tithing ever came into existence, the Bible says that our spiritual father, Abraham, gave tithes to Melchizedek, king and priest, and that our Lord Jesus is of the same lineage. He is a, a, a type of the, of the Melchizedek, king and priest, and the Bible says that right now in heaven, he, our high priest, receives our tithes. We said last week that giving, honoring the Lord with what is His ought to be an act of worship, not something you casually do, throwing money at something. That doesn't increase, that doesn't impress or bless God. It is not that you honor some kind of material or pledge drive or any of that kind of stuff. It is a holy act of worship. God has granted it to you. And that tithe is a holy act of worship. God, see, Jesus, our high priest in heaven, receives your tithes. Jesus receives them. Jesus receives them. You release them through his servants and his services. But Jesus himself is paying attention. And he receives them. You say, I don't know about that, Pastor. I don't know. The Word of God says even the hairs of your head are numbered. The Word of God says not a sparrow falls across the whole universe, but that your Father knows it. So you don't think He sees the release in, in worship of your giving? Of course He does. And the Bible says it sets things in motion when you honor the Lord with your possessions. Chapter 3 of Proverbs, verse 10 says, when you do that, then here's what happens. God attaches a promise to his command. I didn't make this up. This is not something preachers did. This is God's idea. Have you ever noticed in the word of God that almost every time there's a command about money, there's always a promise attached to it? Maybe it's because he knows it's uh, not so easy for us. There's a promise. That promise is, so your barns will be filled with plenty. Is something in the barn something that you, that's on the table? If it's in the barn, it's not on the table. It's for, a, it's for another day. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be, will be filled with new wine. What did that represent in that agrarian society in which they lived? That was their sustenance. They, 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 not, only, they not only ate and drank out of the fruit of the, the vine and the fruit of uh, the, the increase of their cattle and herds is what they bartered and sold with. It was a source of income for them. So what a promise that God's going to get involved in your own barns, investments, and vats income as you honor Him. Hallelujah. What a promise. What a promise. Three of us believed it. What a promise. Well, five of us now. All right. We're rolling, Pastor. Amen. 
It's a shame that I have to call for that, isn't it? <laughs> hey, amen. All right. We talked about last time about how the Lord desires us not to just throw money at stuff through income drives. He wants us to get into partnership, holy partnership with him. We saw in Malachi chapter 3 a mighty and powerful promise. Oh, my. Uh, I want to remind you of that promise. Malachi 3. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. We'll talk about that in a minute. That there may be food in my house, says the Lord. And then God says an amazing thing, as we said last week. You almost never see this in Scripture. Put me to the test in this, God says. Wow. Wow. Try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. Remember where every good and perfect gift comes from and pours out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. In other words, I'm gonna, I, I'm, God's plan is to give you more than you need. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Who is the devourer? So shall he, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your vine. Do, don't, don't you understand that in this world system in which we live, Jesus said that the enemy is, uh, the, that Satan was a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Do you, do you not see that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy something as important to you as your income, as your well-being? Don't be so stupidly religious that you don't think income or finances are important. Try living a few days without that if you don't believe it. It's stupid to think that. God is interested, and it is an act of our worship. And there are promises that go along with these commands. He will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall your vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And as we said last week, the Lord of hosts is the connotation that our Lord is a God who commands hosts of warring angels. Hallelujah. They'll go to war for you. Well, but pastor, that is, well, what is the storehouse today? What is the, what is the storehouse today? Well, where was it then? What, what, did it, what did it represent to them then? The storehouse, that place, that, that, that temple, that sanctuary, that place of worship where there were God-called servants of the Lord ministering the Word and musicians and, and those who were called out by God and assigned to minister to the people in the name of God. And don't forget, 1 Timothy 3.15 says it like this. Paul is writing, are you listening to me, Pastor? Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? The Apostle Paul says, I've written these things to you that you may know how to behave yourself. Are you listening? Know how to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church. Hmm. So if the storehouse then represented that place, listen, where they received the Word of God, 
where they were called out servants of the Lord to minister the word of God to them. They were priests in those days. It's where they could come together and have worship, corporate worship together. It was a place where they could receive prayer. I don't mean just some general prayer. They could receive general prayer. But they would have an opportunity to receive prayer from the called out servants of the Lord. What a teaching of the word, worship, hands on, prayer, and the blessing of the priest. Remember, number six commands all the priests to continually pronounce blessing on the people. God transfers spiritual things through the words of the mouth of the blessers. So that storehouse was that place of the word and worship and, and hands-on prayer, intercessory prayer, in a place where there was blessing and encouragement. And of course it was a place where they assembled together corporately. Which one of those things about a storehouse is not true of the church today? And I know some of you are listening to me online, and for whatever reason, as a believer, you have not found a place where you can have those four things. Worship the Word of God instructed to you, empower the Holy Spirit by called out men and women. Couldn't find, you, you haven't found yet that place where there is a, 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 a hands-on opportunity to receive powerful intercessory prayer and where you can be a part of a fellowship where you, you, you can worship and receive the love and the prayers of the Lord through His saints. God, it was God's idea to call out shepherds in His name. It was God's idea. Listen, He loves you incredibly. And if you have not found that place, don't beat yourself up about it. Begin to earnestly ask the Lord to show you where that is. And in the, in the absence of it being somewhere that you can connect with, at least in person, find a place where you can connect online and receive from the Lord, at least in a, in a temporary place. And if you have not been able to find these services of the church, find an arm of the church. Find a discipling arm or a teaching arm or a, or a worship arm. Find one of the arms of the church in the absence of being able to find where the Spirit of God has led you to connect. Until He's able to put you. But when the Lord puts you in that place where you know in your heart this is home. I have people say to me, I just knew it was home when I walked in here. I felt the love of God. Somebody told me the other day, when I walked into this place, the Holy Spirit just moved on my heart. And I knew I was in the presence of the Lord. I knew I wouldn't be judged. I knew there was a place of love. Hallelujah. 
practical questions. Well, Pastor, if I begin to tithe and I start on that journey, does that mean that everything's just going to be instant? And uh, No. Will you face challenges? Yes. Yes. You may have temporary setbacks. You may have to make some adjustments. That doesn't mean the promise is not true. It doesn't mean the provision is not there. Long term, the blessing and the security of the Lord through His promises are, are, are guaranteed. Sometimes financial blessing involved in this holy act of worship. Listen, this is about partnering with God. This is not about just and obligations. For so many years, all I saw it was was an obligation. God don't want you to see it as an obligation. He wants you to see it as an opportunity. To partner with Him. It's not a program. It's a holy act of worship. Sometimes financial blessing, abundance, it takes a while. I love Hebrews 6. 13 through 15, talking about our father Abraham, it says, He who had the promises, Abraham, received the promises through faith and patience. Through faith, believing the word of God, and through patience. Sometimes it takes a while for the manifestation. Why is that, Pastor? Why are there challenges? Why are there setbacks? Why is there duration of waiting on that blessing? Are you listening to me? There are a lot of things more important than instant financial relief. Like being, learning to be developed in the love of God. Like having your faith developed. Like learning to trust Him at a higher level when you don't see anything happening. Like the peace of God that is priced. You can't put a price tag on any of those things. Sometimes that the, the, the instant answer to these things and the manifestation of these promises are delayed a while because God is working on something more important. Things that can't be bought by money. Everything that is eternal that is absolutely precious to you can't be bought. It is a gift of God's grace. And don't ever forget that. If you're in a place of lack right now, understand this, that most all great champions in the Lord that I know of who have the blessing of the Lord on them have gone through that. 30 years ago when I was, Dean and I were just, just beginning to get revelation of this. When the Lord let me know that he wanted me to do what I'm doing right now, but to begin it in the business and professional world and life coaching through the word of God to men and women. I said to the Lord, yes, sir, I will do that. I was walking in my basement when the Lord said, it's time for you to do that now. I'd been on five church staffs over the course of my earlier life, 
different seasons in a Christian school. And I said, well, yes, I will do that, and I will gather some people around me that believe in uh, me and my family and in our message, and I'll present our, our goals to them. And I was about to walk back upstairs, and the Holy Spirit said, no, you won't either. I said, sir, excuse me, how's this going to work? Understand, this is not for everybody. This won't work for everybody. Do you understand? I'm telling you an, an encounter I had with the Lord. The Holy Spirit said to me, this is the way it'll work. You get the word out. I will bring the money in. That's my job. And for 30 years, we have lived that way in ministry and church. And he has always been faithful to his promise. So sometimes, but hey, can I tell you something? There were times and seasons when it was brutal. I didn't get up the next day and find a pot of money on my yard. It was brutal. I've stood in line with the indigents of this town to keep my utilities on. I've pulled in a gas station and collected enough change to get me enough gas to get home without running out. I think it was about 75 cents. Can you imagine how much gas 75 cents would buy for you? And it wouldn't buy much 30 years ago. I've gotten up many, many days and wondered how we're going to eat today. With a wife and a child. What I'm trying to tell you is this. If you think this, getting in partnership with God was some easy, quick fix, you're wrong. But what a track record of faithfulness. God, how am I going to honor you with the first fruits when I owe all this money to everybody else? Well, maybe you should make some adjustments. And it was amazing when we began to honor the Lord with the first fruits and to get into a holy partnership and see this was holy. It was amazing. The doors that seemed impossible to open, opened. The destruction that we could feel in sense never happened. What I'm trying to tell you is this. You can trust your Lord if you'll honor him in partnership. He sees where you are. He knows where you are. Well, why didn't you get a quick fix? Because the Lord was working on things that are deeper than financial issues like fear. I walked in fear a long time, and I know all of y'all don't even have any of those things, you know. You have to pray for your pastor. God began to break the grip of fear, fear of provision of my life. It's a biggie. I began to learn to walk in the love of God that casts out fear. 
I begin to have my faith tested and developed by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I begin to have a peace that regardless of the way my circumstances looked, I knew there was somebody who was in control now and it wasn't me. That I had a financial partner that my job was not to raise funds, my job was simply to obey. Hallelujah. Focus. One of the things the Lord taught me in those hard times is when I was absolutely, you ever been flat broke? How many of you have ever been dead broke? Seven of us. <clears throat> it is not fun. Dead broke. That means you don't have a you, you don't have any life in you to get done what you need to get done. Dead broke. <laughs> and when I was dead broke, Joe, the Lord said to me, sit down and bring out a yellow legal pad. Yes, sir, I'll do that. Draw a line right down the middle of it. I will do that. And I want you to write on this right-hand side I want you to write everything you don't have. Everything. Put it all in there. List everything you would owe on a, on, on a vehicle or a home or anything. You write down on that side everything you don't have. Woo! Well, it took me a while, but... Just when I thought I'd thought of it all, something else popped into my head. That wasn't a happy day. Then the Lord said, now on this left-hand side, I want you to start making a list of everything you do have. You do have. You do have. You know, it was amazing how long that list got. And I hadn't even thought of it. It was not on the forefront of my mind. All I could do is think about what I didn't have. I want to say to you today, you need to make a list of all that you do have. All the things you do have. You got health today. You're not in a hospital paying some bills somewhere. <laughs> Write it down. I do have this. I do have people who love me. I do have my health. I do have an opportunity to get around. I do have clothing. I do have, I do have. And what you're going to find is you're going to be able out of what you do have to give to overcome what you don't have. Stop thinking about what you don't have to invest and start thinking about what you do have. Spirit of God was dealing with me about that, getting my focus off what we didn't have. And I said, Lord, I would love to just give a mighty offering of worship into your hands, but I, I, I don't have that. And the Spirit of God said, what do you have that has any kind of value to it monetarily? I said, I don't know. <laughs> 
Jeff, I was walking up the stairs in my basement, and the Spirit of God, I promise you, prompted me, go to your closet. I went to my closet, bud, and the Spirit of God said, what do you see in there? Clothes. I was, that was a brilliant answer, wasn't it? He said, well, did it cost anything for you to have clothing? Yes, sir, it did. He said, so it has some value to it, does it not? Yes, sir. He said, well, why don't you start investing what you do have? In the early days of this ministry, I was working for a buddy who ha he had compassion on me, and he paid me $6 an hour just to keep lights on most of the time. So I gathered up. I had one, I, I, I did not have a single suit. I had a sport coat that didn't fit, bud, and it wasn't even pandemic time. I started gathering up things, and I began to give. I might have a couple of bucks in my pocket working for my buddy downtown, and I'd see an indigent on the street, and I'd just go give him something. And the Lord began to develop an overwhelming preoccupation with giving in the name of the Lord. Overwhelming. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. The Lord will be faithful to you if you will just start the journey and quit cursing what you don't have and start investing what you do have. Start the journey. I was a pastor without a suit for a long time, but it didn't matter because God changed all that. God changed all that. And you know how? passage I ask you to look at in the beginning, 2 Corinthians 9, I want to briefly read that to you beginning with verse 6, but I say to you, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. Don't do it because somebody's beating you up about it. For God loves a cheerful giver. Somebody who just loves and enjoys it. It's hilarious fun to him. And God, listen to this, God is able to make all grace. Remember, this is in the context of financial giving. God is able to make all grace, favor and ability abound towards you that you, what's this, always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. Watch this now. The Bible talks about seed. There are four kinds of seed. Number one is vegetation seed. Seed reproduces after its what? Own kind. You don't plant watermelon and get cantaloupe. Seed reproduces after its own kind. 
So that is a seed talked about in the Bible. Human reproduction. This, we're talked about the lineage, the, the seed of Abraham, the seed of Isaac. The seed, the, it is the procreative power that is given with a man and a woman through, through seed. <clears throat> the Word of God is mentioned as seed. Look at the parable of Jesus. In the, in the, in the Gospels, how Jesus said the, the Word was sown, and he compares it to seed. But right here, this is financial giving, and, and, and it's called seed. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, watch this, verse 10, he will supply and multiply, hallelujah, he will supply and multiply the seed that's sitting in the jar in your cabinet. The seed that's sitting there somewhere, not doing anything. No, he will supply and multiply the seed you have sown. Hallelujah. Have you, have you sown financial seed into the kingdom of God? God is overseeing that seed, and he's going to supply and multiply it and increase the fruits of your righteousness. It's a righteous act to invest in the kingdom of God. Verse 11, while you are enriched in everything, for what purpose? To buy islands in the Caribbean? No! While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, the ability to meet every need that God touches you to meet. Hallelujah which causes thanksgiving through us to God, to God. Why does God want to supply and multiply your seed? It gives him thanks and praise. When you receive financial blessing, doesn't it, doesn't it make you want to give God thanks and praise if you recognize that he's the author of every good and perfect gift? Amen. One of the most neglected verses in all the Bible. In the Philippians chapter 4 passage where Paul is talking to the Philippians about how they had sown financial seed into his ministry. He said, I am not seeking provision for me. He said, I, am, I, am, I have an abundance right now. He said, what I'm doing is I am seeking the fruit that abounds to your account. I want you to get in and stay in and go to another level in your partnership with your God. I want him to receive thanks and I want your account to receive mighty fruit. Did you know you had an account in heaven? How's it going? To your account, Philippians says. Wow. Well, what do I do with this, Pastor? Just what we said last week. Make a commitment. Lord, I recognize it's all yours. 
And I also will honor you with the first portion of all your provision. First, first fruits. And I will release your portion that you have asked for in obedience and in honor of our partnership. What a great commitment to make. Would you bow your heads with me? And those of you who are listening, everywhere, I want to tell you something. If you, get in, if you, if you were to get in a covenant with your provider, your God, heaven doesn't have a recession. Heaven's not affected by gasoline prices and world conditions. You say, Pastor, what does that have to me? Look, look at the promises of God. For countless ages, those who believed and trusted Him. They may have had and did have some challenges and struggles, but the long-term blessing the long-term security of their their needs their investments are protected by heaven he will rebuke the devourer oh we can't live in disobedience negligence and expect some kind of magical deal to happen if we just throw some money at him that's dishonoring When we come before God and recognize Him as our source and humbly worship Him recognizing that it's all His, it's all His, and He's asked for a portion of it, you say, Pastor, why does God even ask for a portion of it? God is not broke. Heaven's not in recession. God is asking a portion for your sake. <laughs> Did you know that? Because when, when you agree to do that, you're recognizing that you're, that you're not sovereign over your own resources. That you're saying, God, I will not insist on being in control of this matter. I'm going to partner with you. You're my provider. And I will not withhold from you that which you say is your portion. The Lord would love to bless so many that He's not able to bless because they continue to insist on acting like they're their own provider that they're in charge. Would you just say to the Lord, God, just like Pastor said today, I need to repent. I need to quit acting like I'm sovereign. I need to quit acting like it's all mine. And I want to get in a holy covenant with you by faith and obedience to your word. I'm trusting you. Like I said to the Lord 30 years ago, it's sink or swim time, Lord. I'm all in. One way or the other, it finally gets to that. 
Father, I ask that you would give grace today for many to say, I recognize it's all yours, and I recognize that the first portion you have asked for, and I agree to release it to you. I'll be about my Father's business, and I'll get on with it, trusting you. I'm not going to wait till I can understand I'll never get there. I partner with you, and it's supernatural. Yes, it is. God will show his faithfulness to you. He will show his great faithfulness to you. Lord, grant the grace. Grant these mighty promises to be tangibly expressed. And to your children who've made the decision to partner with you their resources in Jesus name amen amen thank you for being here today be sure to be back next Sunday Pastor Jeremiah will bring us a good word I look forward to seeing you then go with God he's going with you you can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com